Hi everyone, I am Dr. C. Kalapriya, Assistant Professor in the Department of Home Science, working at DK Government College for Women, Autonomous, Nellu. Dear students, wherever you go, whatever you do, knowledge is right here for you. AP State Council of Higher Education created podcasts for easy and quick access to innovative learning. They aim to reinforce fundamental concepts. These engrossing podcasts will enable independent learning and enrich your knowledge and skills. Come, listen, learn and lead the world. Today, we are going to discuss a topic on non-nutrient constituents of food and their beneficial effects on health. We know that nutrients are essential for growth, development and maintenance of good health throughout the life. Depending upon the quantities, our body requires nutrients which can be classified as macronutrients and micronutrients. The nutrients that are needed in large quantity are termed as macronutrients like carbohydrates, fats, proteins are considered as macronutrients whereas the micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals. Today we are going to discuss the topic on non-nutrient components. Though this components they don't provide any nutritive value to our diet but they are very essential for our health they have a good beneficial effects on our health to define this non-nutritive components of diet these components they do not provide energy or calories they can be listed as roughages or fiber water colors flavors, pesticides, residues or among tens of thousands of non-nutritive components of diet or food. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of non-nutritive components of diet that can be identified easily. However, there are also many non-nutritive components of diet that have been discovered recently. There may be thousands of phytochemicals which can both help us or harm us. Some of them are considered to check the cancer initiators or promoters in the body. The explanation of five major non-nutritive components in the diet are the first one is fiber or roughage, second is about water, the third is color compounds, the fourth one is flavor compounds fifth is plant compounds let us discuss about each one of these non-nutritive components in detail the first one is about the fiber or roughage fiber or roughage has no nutritive value hence it is included in the non-nutritive components of the diet it is the undigested part of the food or it can be said that it cannot be digested by the human intestinal tract. 
It consists of water and improves the intestinal function by adding bulk to the food. Roughages or fiber can be divided into two categories as soluble fibers and insoluble fibers. Soluble fibers can dissolve in water whereas insoluble fibers cannot dissolve in water. The soluble fiber reduces the blood sugar fluctuations and lowers cholesterol whereas insoluble fiber is a good stool softener. Usually 30 grams of fiber is recommended for an adult per day. Both types of roughages of fiber that is soluble fiber and insoluble fibers are equally significant for human beings. Fiber is helpful in decreasing the risk of heart disease and preventing certain types of cancers. The sources of fibers are whole wheat, fresh fruits, roots, vegetables, oats, connective tissues of meat and fish are very good sources of roughages. The second important non-nutrient is water. Water is also an essential component of diet. Even the blood comprises about 90% of water. Water in the blood helps in the transportation of nutrients to various cells of the body. Water is also significant in the excretion of waste products. It also regulates the body temperature. Our body loses approximately 2% of our body weight as water per day. We recover this loss of water by drinking water and by intake of food substances. Water also functions as a lubricant, keeps the skin moist and protects the body from shock. Generally, about 20% of water intake comes from the food and the remaining role of water in nutrition intakes comes from the drinking water. Water is excreted from the body in various forms such as urine, feces, sweat and water vapor in the exhaled breath. The third nutrient component is the color compounds. The food or diet is made more appetizing or attractive by the wide reflection of colors that has made possible through pigments. Natural pigments are found in fruits and vegetables. The colors derived from the animal products and grains are less bright. There are various colors derived from the fruits and vegetables such as red, orange, yellow, green, blue and cream are used in the making of foods to make the foods more attractive and colorful to the people who like to take them. The fourth non-nutritive component is flavor compounds. Flavors are derived from both nutritive and non-nutritive components of food. Sometimes it becomes very difficult to know the source of a specific flavor. An acidic food provides sour taste whereas an alkaline one provides a bitter taste to the food. The last non-nutrient component is the plant compounds. 
In addition to color compounds and flower compounds, there are some plants which contain other non-nutritive substances. When these substances are ingested, they may have beneficial or harmful effects. There are many compounds that can inhibit cancer. There are also a number of harmful substances in plants which have harmful effects if ingested in excess. If they are taken in a required quantity or in minimum quantity, it does not affect our health. Whereas if the quantity is increased or if it is taken excess, then it is harmful to our body. Example, one such example of such plant compounds are the caffeine. Caffeine is one of the best example. If it is taken in excess quantity, they may increase the heart rate, secretion of stomach in acid and it leads to excessive urination. Non-nutrients are those components of the diet which are not considered as nutrients but they play a vital role in our body. To emphasize among these five non-nutrients, we shall discuss about fiber in detail. So looking into the fiber, what are the types of dietary fiber? There are two categories of fiber as soluble and insoluble. Both these fibers are beneficial and we need to include them in our daily diet. Most plant foods contain a mixture of both these fibers. Let us see what insoluble fibers are. So soluble fibers, what is a soluble fiber and what are insoluble fibers? Let us first discuss about what a soluble fiber is. Soluble fiber soaks up water like a sponge and helps to bulk out our feces so that it can pass through the gut more easily. It acts to slow down the rate of digestion. Soluble fiber includes pectins, gums, mucilage, which are found mainly in plant cells. One of its major roles is to lower the LDL, that is bad cholesterol levels. It can also help with constipation. Good sources of soluble fiber include fruits and vegetables, oat bran, barley, seed husks, flax seed, and legumes like dry beans, lentils, peas, soya milk, and soya products. Then let us discuss what are insoluble fibers. What is the difference between soluble and insoluble fiber? So insoluble fiber is that which slows down the effect of the digestive system and is usually overridden by insoluble fiber. It does not absorb water and speeds up the time that food passes through the gut. Insoluble fiber includes cellulose, hemicellulose and lignin which make up the structural part of plant cell walls. A major role of insoluble fiber is to add bulk to the feces and to prevent constipation and associated problems. Good sources of insoluble fiber include the bran, wheat bran, corn bran, rice bran and the skins of fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, dried beans, whole grain foods contain insoluble fiber in it.
Now let us look into the health benefits of dietary fiber. The digestive system is lined with muscles that massage food along the digestive tract from the moment of a mouthful is swallowed until the eventual waste is passed out of the bowel and a process called as peristalsis. As dietary fiber is relatively indigestible, it adds bulk to our feces and keeps the digestive system healthy. It is also important for other body functions such as lowering the blood cholesterol levels, keeping the weight under control, stabilizing glucose which is important if a person has type 1 or type 2 diabetes and it reduces the risk of other conditions such as heart disease and some cancers. Now let us look into the each and each and every uh, aspect of um, healthy aspects of fiber in the diet. Dietary fiber related with blood cholesterol. There is good evidence that soluble fiber reduces blood cholesterol levels. When blood cholesterol levels are high, fatty streaks and plaques are deposited along the walls of the arteries. This can make them danger and narrow and lead to an increased risk of coronary heart disease, which includes heart attack. It is thought that soluble fiber lowers the blood cholesterol by binding the bile acids which are made from cholesterol to digest the dietary fats and then exerting them. So to conclude, dietary fibers plays a very good role in controlling the cholesterol levels in the body. The second function of this fiber is fiber and weight control. A high fiber diet is protective against weight gain. High fiber foods tend to have lower energy density, which means they provide fewer kilojoules or fewer calories per gram of food. As a result, a person on a high fiber diet can consume the same amount of food with less amount of calories. Foods high in fiber are often bulky and therefore filling. Soluble fiber forms a gel that slows down the emptying of the stomach and the transit time of food through the digestive system. This extends the time as a person feels full. Fiber also delays the absorption of sugars from the intestine. This helps to maintain the lower blood sugar levels and prevents a rapid rise in blood insulin levels, which has been linked with obesity and an increased risk of diabetes. The third health benefit is dietary fiber and diabetes. If a person has diabetes, eating a diet high in the fiber slows the glucose absorption from the small intestine into the blood. This reduces the possibility of the surge of insulin, the hormone produced by the pancreas to stabilize the blood glucose levels. The next health benefit is dietary fiber related to cancer and heart disease. Increasing dietary fiber and whole grain intake is likely to reduce the risk of cardiovascular diseases, type 2 diabetes, weight gain and obesity and increases your overall mortality. It is also very likely that these observed health benefits occur indirectly through the protective effects of the phytochemicals such as antioxidants 
that are closely associated with the fiber components of fruits, vegetables, and the cereal foods. Fiber and the bowel cancer risk. Studies have shown that dietary fiber, cereal fiber, and whole grains are protective against many forms of cancer. Fiber is thought to decrease the bowel cancer risk by increasing the stool bulk, diluting possible carcinogens present in the diet and decreasing the transit time through the colon. Also, the bacterial fermentation of the fiber leads to the protection of short-chain fatty acids which are thought to have protective effects. Other research has found that 10 grams per day intake of total dietary fiber equates to a 10% reduction in the risk of co-erectural cancer. Fiber and breast cancer risk. One large scale study also found that a high fiber diet during adolescence and young adulthood may reduce women's breast cancer risk. The next health benefit is dietary fiber and aging. Fiber is even more important for older people. The digestive system slows down with age, so a high fiber diet becomes even more important during old age. Now let us see how much fiber is required for our body. The recommended di uh, daily fiber intake for adults is 20 to 25 grams of fiber daily. For men, it can be up to 30 grams per day and for women it is 25 grams per day. What are the ways to increase the fiber in our diet? There are some simple suggestions for increasing the diet with the fiber. They are eat breakfast cereals that contain barley, wheat or oats or even um, sprouted grains that are very good. Switch to whole meal or multigrain breads and brown rice. Add an extra vegetable to every morning meal. Snack on fruit, dried fruit, nuts or wholemeal crackers. A daily intake of more than 30 grams can be easily achieved if you eat whole grain cereal products, more fruits, vegetables and legumes, nuts or seeds instead of low fiber, cakes, biscuits and uh, other uh, products that are made out of fine refined flours. What happens if there is sudden increase in the dietary fiber? Adding too much of fiber to our diet suddenly leads to an intestinal gas or blotting sensation as it also interferes with the absorption of minerals. So, a sudden switch from a low fiber diet to a high fiber diet may lead to some abdominal pain and increased flatulence. A very high fiber diet, more than 40 grams daily, are linked with decreased absorption of some important minerals such as iron, zinc and calcium. This occurs when the fiber binds these minerals and forms insoluble salts which are then excreted. This could result in an increased risk of developing deficiencies of these minerals in susceptible people. Also, it is better to get fiber from food sources rather than from fiber supplements as they can aggravate constipation, especially if uh, 
the increase in the amount of water you drink daily is reduced. Now let us discuss about the major component, the next non-nutritive component of a food that is water. Water is critical for sustenance of life. Without water, we cannot imagine our life. So let us discuss about water, their components and how much is required. What are the health benefits of taking water? Keeping hydrated is crucial for health and well-being. But many people do not consume enough fluids each day. The daily recommended intake of water is 8 to 10 glasses daily. Though it can vary, water intake is higher if you exercise and if the weather is too hot. Around 60% of the body is made up of water and around 71% of the planet's surface is covered by water. So facts on drinking water is that adult humans are 60% water and our blood is 90% of water. There is no universally agreed quantity of water that must be consumed daily. Water is essential for the kidneys and other bodily functions. When dehydrated, the skin can become more vulnerable to skin disorders and wrinkling. Drinking water instead of tea, coffee and beverages helps in weight loss also. The health benefits regarding to water. There are many reasons for the functioning of all the cells and organs of the body. They need water. The first and the foremost function of water or the health aspect of water is that it lubricates the joints. The cartilage found in the joints and the discs of the spine contain around 80% of water. Long-term de long dehydration can reduce the joints shock absorbing ability leading to joint pain. The second function is it forms saliva and mucus. Saliva helps to digest our food and keeps the mouth, nose and eyes moist. This prevents the friction and damage. Drinking water also keeps the mouth clean. Consume in instead of sweetened beverages, it can reduce the tooth decay. Water also delivers oxygen throughout the body. Blood is more than 90% water and the blood carries oxygen to different parts of the body. The fourth function of water is that it boosts the skin health and beauty. With the dehydration, the skin can become more vulnerable to skin disorders and premature wrinkling. Water also helps in cushioning the brain, spinal cord and other sensitive tissues. Dehydration can affect the brain structure and function. It is also involved in the production of hormones and neurotransmitters. Prolonged dehydration can lead to problems with the thinking and reasoning. Water helps to regulate our body temperature. Water that is stored in the mid layers of the skin comes to the skin's surface as a sweat when the body heats up. As it evaporates, it cools the body some scientists have suggested that when there is too little water in the body, heat storage increases and the individual is less able to tolerate the heat strain. Having a lot of water in the body 
may reduce the physical strain if heat stress occurs during exercise or in hot temperatures however more research is needed in these effects the next function of water is that it aids in the digestive system the bowel needs water to work properly dehydration can lead to digestive problems constipation and an overly acidic stomach this increases the risk of heartburn and stomach ulcers water it flushes out the body waste water is needed in the processing of sweating and removal of urine and feces water also helps to maintain the blood pressure a lack of water can cause blood to become thicker increasing the blood pressure water acts as airways too when dehydrated the airways are restricted by the body in an effort to minimize the water loss this can make asthma and allergies worsen it makes the minerals and nutrients accessible these dissolve in water which makes it possible for them to reach the different parts of the body so water makes the minerals and nutrients more easily accessible to reach their uh, cells it prevents the kidney damage water helps to regulate the body fluids insufficient water can lead to kidney stones or other problems it boosts waterproof water boosts the performance during exercise more research is being proven that water plays an excellent uh, dehydrating um, component at the time of exercises weight loss water may also help with weight loss it is consumed that instead of sweetened juices or beverages preloading with water before meals can help prevent overeating by creating a sense of fullness in the stomach finally water reduces the chances of becoming lethargic or strained some of the water required by the body is obtained through foods with a high water content such as soups tomatoes oranges fruits like watermelon cucumbers but most come through drinking water and other beverages during everyday functioning water is lost by the body and this needs to be replaced we notice that we lose water through activities such as sweating and urination but water is lost even when breathing drinking water whether from the tap or a bottle is the best source of fluid for the body milk and juices are also good sources of the fluid but beverages containing alcohol and caffeine such as soft drinks coffee and beer are not ideal because they often contain empty calories sources of water water in the body comes from drinking water and other fluids the food and a small percentage in metabolic water produced by cells during normal cell function the more active the body is the more metabolic water is produced a higher intake of fresh fruits and vegetables will mean a higher intake of water from foods 
Now let us look into the benefits of drinking water. Water is necessary for the body. It regulates the body temperature, lubricates the joints and bones, protects the spinal cord and other sensitive tissues, removes waste from the body, and the short-term symptoms of significant dehydration includes unclear thinking, mood change, overheating of the body, feeling thirsty and having a dry mouth, fatigue, dizziness, headache, dry mouth, eyes and lips, and urinating less than usual. The urge for the people to make sure that they drink enough water before, during, and after physical work, especially this involves the activity in hot climate. This can also help to maintain the alertness and effectiveness. In a hot environment, it is required that 8 to uh, 9 or 10 glasses of water is to be taken by an individual to maintain the sodium levels in the body. Plain water provides hydration without adding calories or jeopardizing the dental health. Sports drinks can be useful in moderation, but too many will add unnecessary sugars to the body. The long-term benefits of drinking water might include a lower risk of the cancers in the urinary systems, the heart diseases, urinary tract infections, kidney stones, constipation, high blood pressure, and stroke. However, these possible long-term benefits also depend on a wide variety of other factors. In addition to this, it is necessary that required amounts of water is being added in the diet. Too much of water in the body could lead to a condition called as hyponatremia or water intoxication. When the sodium levels in the blood plasma becomes too low, the symptoms of such condition are lung congestion, brain swelling, headache, fatigue and lethargy, confusion, vomiting, seizures, coma and finally it leads to death. Hyponatremia may be a risk for people with a variety of reasons including a change in the hormonal level, the brain chemistry, body functions, kidney function along with increased sweating and thirst. People who drink too much of water while exercising could also be at risk facing this type of hyponatremia condition. However, the body can adapt to higher or lower levels of water and can remind us through thirst when we need to drink more. Scientists believe that an internal mechanism also stops most people from drinking too much of water. Finally, to conclude the topic on non-nutritive components of diet, as said earlier, this non-nutritive components, they don't add any calories or they don't provide any energy to the diet which we take them. Among them, the important ones are the fiber, water, color compounds, the flavor compounds, and plant compounds. 
Among the five components, the major components are the fiber and water. So it is uh, advised to take a balanced diet and required quantity of water to keep us healthy and fit.